Welcome to Chiropractical. I'm Mike Whitmer. On this eerie episode, we have a real treat in store for you. We're diving deep into the shadows to explore two chilling case studies that will send shivers down your spine. You don't want to miss these tales of the unexpected. So grab a warm beverage, turn down the lights, and let us lead you through two bone-chilling stories that will make you question the very fabric of reality itself. Okay, okay, that might be a bit much, but let's get started with this hair-raising episode of Chiropractical. Our teller of tales, our master of misery, our scarer-in-chief is Shanna Patrick from NCMIC's claims team. Shanna's been with NCMIC as a claims representative for over 10 years. She works with our doctors who are in this process of a malpractice claim every day. Her job is to coordinate the defense and help doctors through what's typically a very difficult time. So Shanna, welcome to Chiropractical. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. Shanna, I understand you've brought us two spine-tingling cases with surprising outcomes that very well may scare our listeners. Can't wait to hear the first one. Thanks, Mike. The first case involves a 25-year-old patient named David Owens. He had a long-standing history of lumbar and thoracic problems, even dating back to his teen years. He was employed as a manual laborer, very physically demanding job, very active at going to the gym, playing recreational soccer just overall very active, but also had some problems associated with that physically. He presented to our insured chiropractor, Dr. Russell. He had lumbar and thoracic pain, which was not new to him, but he was new to Dr. Russell. During the initial visit, x-rays were taken, a full examination was done, and he received some adjustments over the course of six visits. After each adjustment, he reported that he was improved for a period of time after each one. On the final visit, He did mention in passing to Dr. Russell that he had some left-sided neck pain. So Dr. Russell went ahead and did a prone cervical adjustment. Patient left, no complaints, said he felt fine. Per Dr. Russell, the story was a little different from the patient, ultimately. But Dr. Russell was surprised over a year later to receive a lawsuit. He was being sued by this patient, alleging that he caused a cervical disc herniation. Okay, so this is an allegation of disc herniation, which I understand are pretty defensible cases, right? Yeah, we generally take the position that chiropractic adjustments don't cause disc herniations. More often than not, it's a degenerative condition that's progressing and may become symptomatic. That's maybe what brought them to the chiropractor in the first place, is that they had this disc herniation. And adjusting a patient that has a disc herniation generally is not contraindicated as long as you do the right things. You do the right tests, examination, history. So we're feeling pretty good about this case so far. Go on. So far, yes. The patient alleged that he didn't have any neck complaints and Dr. Russell adjusted him anyways, and that he felt immediate severe pain after the cervical adjustment. He went to the emergency room about three days later, and he was diagnosed with a C6-7 disc herniation. He underwent a decompression surgery. Ultimately, he had about $60,000 in medical bills. The bulk of his claim is that he could no longer work as a heavy laborer. So he was alleging that he was now disabled, couldn't find employment, couldn't maintain employment. He said he had ongoing permanent radiculopathy going down his left arm, his hand, his arm was numb and tingling and had pain. The patient made a lot of inconsistent statements throughout the course of his deposition, and we started to question his credibility. His former girlfriend approached us and said that this patient's lying. I would like to Uh help you guys. 
That's not good for the plaintiff. It's not. And we got a little excited about that. Unfortunately, she later changed her mind and didn't want to cooperate with us. But that really got into our heads that maybe we should hire a private investigator and follow this guy to see if he actually is disabled and can't do anything. Okay, interesting. What did the PI figure out? Yeah, we hired this private investigator and he tailed around the patient to see what he was doing. And we were able to get some fantastic video of the patient playing soccer really aggressively. He was running, he was changing directions, he was even headbutting the ball with full range of motion on his neck. And he was obviously did not look like a person who was disabled and could not work. He was very physically active, very physically fit. Okay, so what do we do with that video? Ultimately, this case went to trial. We had a chiropractic expert who was somewhat supportive on causation. He believed that our Dr. Russell did not cause the disc herniation. He was disappointed in the records being kept. The testing, the examinations, they weren't really up to snuff, in his opinion. They didn't really contain sufficient information to, to indicate the cervical manipulation. We've got surveillance video showing him to be not credible, but we've got the doctor's records that are now causing issues. Exactly. That was our hang-up, but we still felt confident. We had this great video. We were planning to show this to the jury, and they would immediately think, this guy's a liar. They weren't going to buy anything. We did go to trial at Dr. Russell's wishes. Um, We have a consent to settle clause in the policy. So it was his decision. He wanted to be vindicated. He didn't want to pay this patient a settlement. He wanted us to try the case and hopefully secure a good outcome for him. So we got a good outcome because we've got this slam dunk video that clearly shows the plaintiff is exaggerating the damages. Surprisingly, no, this did not turn out well for us, Mike. The jury really disregarded the surveillance video. They awarded him $400,000. After the fact, the jury was interviewed and they took the surveillance into consideration, but ultimately they really liked the patient. They thought he was humble and made a good witness. And they really didn't like Dr. Russell, unfortunately. They thought his record-keeping practices were really sloppy, and they thought he came across as arrogant. Unfortunately, the jury placed more importance on these records than they did on actual video surveillance of the patient showing that he was lying. And they also really, whether you like it or not, likability is a huge factor for the jury. It sometimes boils down to who they like the most. In this case, they liked the patient the most. They thought our doctor was a little bit arrogant and didn't come across as professional. Human nature, and we still have humans on juries. For me, the lead point on this is the documentation, not the likability of the doctor, because that's something that is what it is. (laughs) Some doctors are just not likable. I think it could really go down to both. If his documentation and records had been better, more professional, I think the jury would have liked him more. They would have seen him as a competent practitioner, as opposed to someone who's sloppy, rushed the patient in and out, more concerned about seeing a large volume of patients as opposed to good patient care and good record keeping. And in terms of likability too, there are things that we can do to combat that. People are who they are, but we do have people that can prepare you, professional jury witness preparation experts who can meet with you, get you more comfortable with the process. Everybody's nervous in litigation Um, Nobody wants to be there. Nobody enjoys being sued or having to speak in front of a jury. Um, It can be hard to come across as likable or your true authentic self. So we have on many occasions hired a professional witness preparation expert to help these people become more likable to a jury. Very interesting case, Shanna. I understand you have another one to share with us as well. Yes, I do. (laughs) 
So this case um, involves a 60-year-old male patient, Gene Reynolds. He went to our chiropractor, Dr. Roberts, with some lower back pain and some foot pain. Um, his primary care record showed that he had a 15-year history of this low back pain with radiculopathy. Dr. Roberts treated him with adjustments for several visits. He was reporting improvement generally. At his final visit, though, he did mention in passing that his foot was dragging. There's not a lot of records of Dr. Roberts that, that note this or what he did in response to that complaint. The patient never returned after that. A couple of months later, he went to an orthopedist who scheduled an MRI, and he had a disc herniation. And the orthopedist blamed a delay in getting the disc herniation addressed for his foot drop. The patient ended up having a lumbar discectomy at L4-5 on the left, and then he was diagnosed with this permanent foot drop. So this is another disc herniation case that we've said is defensible. Generally, that's what we feel is the case with these, a degenerative process that become symptomatic. Ultimately, Dr. Roberts was sued by the patient, alleging that he didn't timely refer him for this MRI. One of the more scary aspects of Dr. Roberts' records is that we found a sticky note on the records that said, refer for MRI. What's wrong with that? There's several <laughs> things wrong with that. One, when did you make that sticky note? Was that placed after the fact? This was a hot issue for the patient's attorney. Was that created as a self-serving thing later? Um, and then also nothing really, there was no referral for the MRI. So the sticky note said refer for MRI, but nobody did it. It, it wasn't done. So that was problematic for the defense. Sounds like we definitely have issues with the records on this one. Yeah. Early on, we felt that we had concerns about this case and that it would be difficult to defend. Our attorney even was very pessimistic. We pegged this one early that this would be something that we would need to settle. The patient in his deposition he testified that he was basically disabled now. He couldn't enjoy his normal activities. He always limped. He wore a brace at all times. However, in the deposition, our attorney was astute enough to notice that sometimes he wasn't limping and it seemed to be selective or inconsistent. So that made us wonder if we should hire a private investigator to tell this patient. So we're calling him Magnum PI again, huh? Yep. We had a private investigator follow the patient. We got amazing video. He was playing golf for 18 holes, no issues, no brace, no limp. So once we had that information, we had to strategically decide how we wanted to play it. We needed to make sure we had the patient pinned down on these allegations that he couldn't do these certain things. Ultimately, we decided to disclose this video in a mediation. The attorney for the patient was very aggressive very argumentative. They wanted $700,000 and they were not backing down. So ultimately we disclosed the video. We showed them the video. We gave them the disc. He took it back to his room at the mediation. And then he came out with the patient and they personally apologized to our doctor and immediately dismissed the case. Oh, So the surveillance was very impactful in that case. Otherwise we felt like we were going to have to settle this case due to these poor records, the sticky note situation. However, the surveillance video of the patient playing golf, no issues, basically lying, it got the case dismissed with no payment on behalf of our doctor. That's your smoking gun. Yep. Exactly. Shanna, thank you for sharing those cases. You see a lot of cases against chiropractors each and every year. What are some of the overall themes? What are some things that doctors should be aware of? 
So they're a little bit more prepared if they should have to face a claim of malpractice. Record keeping is always a common theme. Almost every case that we see that a lawsuit is filed, it's brought up in some way that the records didn't reflect a proper exam or history. That's a very common theme. There's only so much you can do to prevent being sued. Some things are beyond your control, but what you can control is your record keeping practices, obtaining that informed consent. Another common theme that we see that's alleged quite frequently is a lack of informed consent. Just making sure that you're practicing up to the standard of care at all times, it can really help put you in a better place if this does happen. Shanna, thanks for sharing those cases with us. Really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure. It's time for Ask NCMIC, where we take your questions and have experts provide answers. Today's question comes to us from Dr. Brenda in Nevada. Dr. Brenda says that she recently left an associateship and she started her own practice. As part of that process, she set up a corporation as the legal structure for her practice. Dr. Brenda asks, do I need to do anything with my malpractice insurance policy to meet the needs of my new practice and protect my new corporate entity? To help, we've asked Jody Brown. Jody is our team lead in our client service center. Thanks, Mike. Yes, to answer Dr. Brenda's question, the best thing would be to add the entity on your malpractice insurance policy. That way, it would be covered if it was ever named in a malpractice lawsuit, and the NCMIC claim staff would handle that claim for you. You have the option to add it with shared limits, where you and the entity would share in your limits of liability, or we can add it with separate limits so that you and your entity would have each have a bucket of money to pull from if it was named in a malpractice lawsuit. The easiest way to complete this application is to call one of our client representatives and they can pre-fill it over the phone with you, or you can get on your online portal and fill out the application there. Thank you, Jody. And as always, if our doctors have any questions about any of their coverages, they can feel free to give us a call. Jody, thanks for joining us on Chiropractical. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for listening to this creepy, crawly, scary episode of Chiropractical. If you like this episode, please subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Thanks and talk soon.